What's up, my smokers? You know what that means? Another episode. Ooh, good. Not a good start of the Get Smoked MMA podcasts. I'm your host, Dylan Dowdy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Wednesday afternoon here, Luscious, Connecticut. Um. As you can tell, I'm just brimming with energy today. Uh, I am, um, I'm kind of down, I'll be honest, guys, but that's a function of my own uh, doing. We don't have to get into too much of that. Uh, uh, the, you know, this show is going to follow the same format as all the other shows. Just last week, I ended up missing, oh my god, I'm so sorry for the, I ended up missing a large part of the the main card last week, because I had to go do some some errands and things, and yeah, so, a large part of my breakdown is going to be like, hearsay, I haven't had a chance to watch the fights, and, you know, Probably just gonna talk about the picks that I made and stuff like that. Um, we have a wondrous card this week, uh, more top heavy than anything. Uh, a lot of nameless people towards the bottom. bottom. I don't mean any disrespect towards that. A couple of my guys or my gals on this week's card as well. Uh, Connecticut resident Glover Teixeira. I'll be honest, we're a little biased in this house towards him. He's a Connecticut resident. We'll be rooting for him very hard. To more than, we don't dislike Jan Blahovich here, but we'll be rooting for him very hard to uh, Glover, that is, to take him, take him home. And when, once we get into the breakdown, maybe we'll have uh, some better insight into uh, whether or not he has a chance of actually getting that done. Um, and uh, contrary to what my brother uh, has said about me, sorry about the phone going off there, folks. It has been a good run, and we're going to continue doing episodes of the podcast. Uh, my brother likes to make fun of me after every episode because he's a funny guy and he knows it gets to me so Sheesh. oh my god I'm so sorry just specifically him though most people's strangers criticism doesn't really hurt me as much um might as well throw the disclaimer in here I Dylan Dowdy the host of the Get Smoked MMA podcast isn't an athlete. I've never trained in MMA. I've never trained in any combat sport. Um, I've uh, I'm not affiliated with any gym management team, fighter, uh, journalist website that covers MMA. I'm just a fan. I've been a fan of MMA for gosh. Probably since I was 16 years old, so 15 years at this point. So, I, you know, I really love the sport of MMA. It's my favorite sport to watch, and it's my favorite sport to talk about. That's why we're doing this, and 
I think most importantly, I will try not to be flippant about the skills of the individuals individuals we'll be talking about and analyzing when we'll when we talk about the fights. But that does not apply to everyone. That respect is not extended to literally every person in the space. And I'm not gonna go over each person that, that respect is not overturned to who that respect is that you know, if I was a better broadcaster, I'd probably just restart this whole intro because of how much I've yawned, but I'm not going to. In fact, I'm going to take a drink. Water. We're going to get into our recap of Vittori Costa from last week's card. And that's, as always, from... <coughs> Bottom to top format. So let's get into that, folks. He gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. He got nothing left but fire in his chest. All right, guys, I'm gonna admit right now this recap is gonna be pretty weak. And fast. Uh, Look at this. It looks like I didn't watch a lot of these. Apparently. Apparently I was doing a lot of different stuff. When this was going on. This is at 1 o'clock. When it first started. Might as well just jump into it. It looks like it's going to be a quick episode of Get Smoked today. Maybe some of you enjoy that. Uh... Jonathan Martinez taking on Zivad Laz Lizvili by decision. Uh, Pick Jonathan Martinez when he's going to fight Aaron Phillips. Zavida. Oh my God, that's so bad. it's kind of a can crusher. A friend of mine pointed that out uh, later on in the week. One of the more prominent ones he had seen personally. Um, it's Bet Harold on Twitter. At Bet Harold on Twitter. Um, but he's also had some success in uh, LFA. Because the LFA bantamweight champion. So it's. Uh, Good win for Martinez to get back on track. Not much uh, smoke behind it, though, for him. Uh, moving on, Ronda Marcos gets a pretty one-sided win. Uh, Souza looks like she needs to move a camp or something. She's just missing a extremely large portion of her game, and, you know, Marcos, you know, gave us the sub opportunities. Actually, placed a little uh, money on the sub prop. For sure, it looks like we had it. It looks like we had it at multiple points in this fight, potentially, and she just you know slipped out of it. But with that said, it looks like you know Susan just has nothing on the feet, and she just gets tired. And she told her corner as much. And, you know, good word for Marcos to get back on track. Uh, not really sure who she fights from here. She's really the going to be at bottom of the tier. Uh, women's strawweight gatekeeper. There's nothing wrong with that. But, I don't know. Uh, get up there in age. I will say that about Marcos. So, good word for her. She's uh, definitely back to the drawing board type thing for her. Or at some point, it's going to have to be. I would not be surprised if she was cut. Moving on. Uh, Jeff Molina gets the job done against a late replacement, Daniel Lacerda. Lacerda, I'd like to see more from Jeff Molina. Uh, I hate to be so down on the guy. In like a relatively dominant victory, but I don't know. 
He's just not, he's not an elite flyweight to me. And that's the way that they're trying to sell him. That's the way he's trying to sell himself. That's the way the commentators are trying to sell him. That's the way Laura Sanko is trying to sell him specifically. Uh, and I just don't see it. He doesn't have the athleticism in order to compete with those guys. And he doesn't have the depth of skill either to compete at that level yet either. So I don't. He's probably going to be in middle of the road. Men's flyweight his entire career. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I picked Daniel Serdan. I picked Souza. So one for uh, 0-2 so far. Because I don't pick the there's a late replacement. They haven't picked the fight. Moving on. Jai Herbert finishes Kamara Worthy. In the first round, pretty much what Kamara Worthy does. Uh, a lot of people had that. I had it. Jai Herbert wins. Uh, if you want to get a little more technical about it, Jai Herbert has all of his tools ready to go for the most part. In the beginning of the bout, Kamara Worthy is a little bit of a slow starter and likes to get reads going early on. If you look at his fight with Devontae Smith, a former training partner and perhaps someone that he taught, he didn't need to get those reads in order to fight him and get the fight finishing sequence. And that's how he's able to create that first-round stoppage in that fight and why he's so susceptible to getting stopped in the first round by other fighters. Jamie Pickett versus Lerardo Staropoli. Kind of a surprising fight. Very boring. Uh, uh, There's not much to say. It looks like Staropoli is completely discouraged from his volume-based style that was his the staple of his welterweight game. And now, uh, because of his loss to Roman Delice, thinks he has to like grapple with people all the time and doesn't throw any punches. And he lost because of it. And he's not a very good wrestler, so I'm not really sure what the game plan is here. And Jamie Pickett, I don't know, maybe it's the, was the matchup here, but he'll... More confident I've seen him in the past, and he certainly, yeah, with that confidence, he looked uh, more technical as well. So, yeah, good win for Pickett. Not much else to say. Not much to gather from that bout, really. Tao Therici defeats uh, Maria Oliveira. I think I... I think I... Bet Oliveira. I picked Staropoli in the last one there, folks. Uh, I think I bet Oliveira, but I picked Ricci on the the podcast here. Um, Oliveira doesn't look like a UFC-ready uh, talent. Uh, she doesn't... Looks like she really doesn't know what she wants to be doing. And yeah, like, Ricci had some good takedowns, some good ground and pound, but I don't really see her making too much of a splash because of her size. And, you know, you got Carlos Barza out here doing stuff and Michelle Watterson, but I don't I don't see her as the, you know, I don't see a five foot one judoka doing the same things as those women. So maybe I'll be wrong. We have Mason Jones defeating David Anama. We were hoping for a better round run from David Anama so we could uh, bet the live odds on Mason Jones. Uh, I'd like to see for more from young David. But yeah, this is a little young prospects matchup. It was a good fight. A little bit of back and forth. Mainly just in control by Mason Jones, but yeah, it was a little bit of a fun scrap. And uh, Jones picking up the victory. The pick was Joe. I think I actually picked Anma on the podcast for Fox of it. 
I'm not entirely sure there, folks. Not a good weekend picking, no matter what. So maybe I should just shut down the podcast. Uh, now we're moving on to the fights that I didn't watch live or watch at all. Ray Rodriguez knocks out Jeremy Park, watched the GIF. Looks like he's about to be finished. Then he hits uh, Park with a clean right hand, backs him up, and then finish him, finishes him uh, finishes him with a flurry of offense going the other way. They looked like they were both gassed by the end of, uh, towards the end of round two. So, there's that. G-Rod's a fun fighter to watch. So is the Iron Turtle. So, hopefully we see more for both of those guys. Moving on. Nikolao Negamariano absorbing the illegal shot powers of Saperbeck Saparoff and hitting Ike Villanueva in the back of the head 90 times in order to finish him. Actually, I, you know, I watched that gif like once, so I can't really make a distinct, like, oh, he definitely hit him in the back of the head like a bunch. So I can't say that. But, you know... I, I honestly want to say good for Nikolai Negamariano, a guy who literally no one thought could. After that savage beating he got from Safaroth, no one's like, this guy could ever get a win of the UFC. He's gone too, so good for him. I'll be against, like, I mean, Kamer is probably the best win of his career, but still, you know, good for him. Ronaldo, probably won a boring decision against Dwight Grant. Good for him. The Redwood gets it done. Uh, Alex Caceres. All the old boys. All the old boys get it done these past few weeks. Caceres gets the sub. Thinking that they can just walk in and take these guys out. Not the case. Subbing Sun Wu Choi, slowing, definitely slowing down that momentum. You get subbed by fucking Alex Caceres, people are going to side-eye you, dude. You're going to fucking major step down. Jessica Rose Clark or Jesse Jessica, into, uh, I should probably be going through these. I picked, I think I picked Ike Villanueva, I picked Dwight Grant, I picked Sun Wu Choi. I picked fucking... Uh, I want to say I picked G-Rod, but no, I, so basically every pick I've gotten is wrong up until Jessica Rose Clark, which I had to literally talk myself into here, folks, because I don't like her as a person. Okay. I follow her on Instagram for reasons and She's just annoying, okay? Maybe I should just take this out. How do I take this out? Anyways, I just find her to be annoying. And, like, she says stuff that makes no sense all the time. And, yeah. She just is a... She's an everyday fighter, guys. And it gets weird to have to listen to her. And I unfollow her sometimes. And I follow her again. Whatever. But she ends up getting a, you know, decision win over Jocelyn Edwards. And, of course, she wrestled her, apparently. So, good win for her to get back on track after being off for a year or two. Doesn't really mean much in the scheme of women's bantamweight. A draw by Rick Glenn and Grant Dawson, I think. Grant Dawson won the first two rounds, and then Rick Glenn beat his ass in the third. Kind of his thing. And then Marvin Vittori beat Paulo Custard, who just came in. Apparently, Marvin was eating some disgustingly hard shots. And everyone's like, oh my god, his chin's so amazing. But yeah. Also, Paulo Costa looked like shit, too, apparently. I apologize, folks. This wasn't my best recap. Um, yeah, we did get uh, Vittori and 
Jessica Rose Clark, right? So, there's that. Uh, now we'll be moving on to the full event breakdown for Yarn for the free pay-per-view, apparently. That's what they're calling it, I guess. For Yarn versus Glover. Which has a start time of 10.30 in the morning here, boys. Eastern Standard Time. If you're, uh... Oh, man. So, just remember that, boys. It's an early, it's an early morning to try and watch some of these fights. But that's where we'll be starting when we get back from the break. He gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. He got nothing And we're back, folks, for uh, Act Three of this play. We might get an Act Four, depending on how long we run here. And for this pointless. Uh, Intro for the preview of UFC 267, as the UFC would like to call it, or Blahovich versus Glover, as all the fans would like to call it. Uh, starting from bottom to top, uh, let's begin. We have Tiger Ulenbakov uh, taking on Alan Nascimento. At fly at men's flyweight, looks to uh, be a good scrap here. Lenbakov is a good prospect, good technical prospect, and I think Nasimento will uh, test him a little bit. But test him is all I think it, he'll do. Nascimento, a little bit more experienced. Uh, they're the same age. Is he going to be the bigger guy coming in here? Uh, you know, physic. If you've been watching, if you've been listening, this point up until this point, physicality is a big thing for me. Uh, uh, is going to be the smaller guy. Uh. Two inches shorter, but tapology. Uh, but one because going to have a half inch of reach on him. Um, does look like any time Nascimento has taken a step up in competition, he has lost, but not like been completely. Uh, well, I mean, he did lose to a two and O, Ricardo Hamosh as a ten and one fighter. So it's a that's interesting. Um, but yeah, he lost to Julian Paiva, which is probably a good proxy for Lebakov, a fighter who wants to stand on the outside. Paiva probably someone who wants to. Who's a little bit better of an outfighter. And uh, Lebukov probably a little bit better of a wrestler and grappler. But yeah. Uh, Lebukov, you know, Lebukov by decision is the read here. It's kind of outpointing um, Nascimento as the fight goes on. I feel like he got a little bit hurt. By Bruno Silva, but we've seen that Silva is a little bit of a puncher, and there's nothing that I've that indicates that Nascimento is. But uh, be a little bit wary of that, maybe if you're making bets. If you do make a bet on this fight, I would say bet uh uh off by decision. Just checking real quick to see if uh, Nascimento has ever been finished. He has not ever been finished. 
just to see if this is a late replacement, because that the, that would matter. Rebikoff is a little bit of a it is a little bit of a late replacement. No, it's not. Um, he had time to know, but um, yeah, this. I think it will be interesting, but a clear cut decision for our guy, uh, Tiger Rubikov, to go to 13 and 1. Give you the odds for this one. Uh, the odds indicate as much. Rubikov's uh, the minus 310 favorite to Massimento's plus 240 underdog. Like I said, you might be able to find value at Rubikov. Uh, to go to the distance or something. Next we have, uh, interestingly, uh, kind of low. Like, is this guy ever going to get up on the cards kind of bout? It doesn't seem like he ever will. Just hear this guy's name over and over. Demir is Magulov. Fighting uh, Mad Russian or Shagurn Magomed Mustafaev. Now, I think, uh, you know, we all know who the better fighter is here. It's Ismagulov. He's a deeper technical fighter pretty much everywhere. Uh, but the caveat is, is you know, you know, that round one is probably going to be a little hairy. As we saw, Mustafaev was able to surprise even the extremely seasoned uh, and well-tuned and crafty kickboxer in Rafael Fiziev in the first round because he's so fucking explosive. He's such, like, a beast of a man. He's such, like, a murder... He has such, like, murderous intent behind his strikes, that he really can surprise a guy like a Fiziev or a Demir Ismagulov, for that matter. Or he can hang like a... He can get a draw with Brad Riddell, I think. I'd have to... Let me check that real quick. I'm pretty sure he got a draw with Brad Riddell. So, it's not that also discount, like his skill as a fighter as well. But really, I think the feature of Mustafaev's game that is so, like, uh, up front and center is his uh, physicality, and then it's everything else. Like, he's uh, a terrifying athlete. And, like, when he throws, it's it's so apparent. It's... uh, Kind of like, no, he lost a split decision. But it's like, it's a really interesting fight. And like, the guy who loves technique but can't fully flush it out in my mouth hole wants to pick is Mugulov. And it's mainly just wrestling here. Uh, I feel like he's just going to see, like, he's going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy is so fast and so strong. And it's that's another thing about Ismagulov. It's not just, like, he's, like, a tactician or, like, he's, like, strategically good. It's, like, it's timing and stuff. So, like. He's going to go to the wrestling when it's going to be warranted and take him down when it's warranted, like when it's safe. And, yeah, and, uh, you know, Kevin Lee is an extremely strong grappler who had to use a lot of physicality to hold him down. Oh, man, this is going to be a crapshoot. For as long as it goes, but I'm picking his Magul off, and he's gonna have to really walk through fire on this one in order to get it done. 
in order for maybe for the top brass of the UFC to take him seriously, potentially as like a real contender, this is the type of athlete that he needs to defeat and defeat soundly. So if he does, uh, what are we doing here? We need to be putting in against uh, ranked opponents from here on out, no matter what. No matter what they, no matter what the ranked opponents want or say, you know. Give the odds for this one. All right, perfect. Just closed out of it, folks. For you, real professional stuff here. One second here. Of course, it's moving on to the next fight. It looks like a middleweight fight. I don't even I feel like I've never heard of either of these guys. But but we'll just be uh, island boys, you know. The odds for Ismagulov, uh, Magomed Mustafaev, Ismagulov, unsurprisingly, is the favorite, minus 250. Like, you know, there's so much danger involved in this fight. I'd like to see that closer uh, to Magomed Mustafaev's plus 175 uh, dog. And if you're betting five bet inside the distance there, I would say. Moving on, and it looks like Odd Shark is which the site that I like to use for my odds does not have odds for one of the bouts. So, one second here. Making sure that I cover all of the bouts, even if people don't care. Yeah, I wish I would kind of skipped that one, I guess. <laughs> uh, we have a three and two. Let's go to Odd Shark. Skipped for a reason. A three and two, 26 year old Chinese middleweight. Totoro. Kind of doughy. Not gonna lie. And he lost to Rashad Coulter by decision. Take care of Andre Pachowski. What in the is what did this guy lose like a ton of weight? Alright, I'm taking Pachowski. This looks like a uh Totoro. What is this belt? This is light heavyweight belt. Is on the UFC scheduling thing, just on the base thing in Google. It says it's a. Uh... Yeah, this guy lost submission rear naked choke to fucking Cyril Asker, dude. But you, you don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, he lost to this guy. Uh, this guy lost to Brian Battle, though. Oh, man. At least that guy's got decent submission ability. You know? Jeez, why even have this fight on this card? It seems like such a... Why is it ahead of these other fights? It's at middleweight. This guy, Yang, Yao Zhong, Zhong, Totoro Hu, fought at heavyweight twice and has lost both times. 
So I'm going to pick Petrosky. Andre Petrosky. And I don't have anything to, else to base it off of, folks. I would say don't bet that fight. Uh, Hugh looks terrible. He looks bad. But who knows? Maybe he's a great middleweight. Moving on. Uh, we have another kind of sacrificial bout, in a way. We have Lerone Murphy taking on Makwan Amir Khani. And I say this is sacrificial because Makwan Amir Khani literally can only win by getting people to the ground. And if he doesn't, he loses. And uh, he's not going to outgrapple Lerone Murphy, I don't think, because he's got tree trunks for legs. And even if he does get someone to the ground, it's not necessarily a guarantee he finishes the fight. You know, he's a very good grappler, uh, Makwan is. So, yeah, I would imagine this finishes inside the distance. Uh, round three stoppage, if you're feeling real lucky here, folks, because the odds are a little far apart. Minus 350 for Laurel Murphy's featherweight bout, just in case you don't know. It's Mugulov. Uh, Mega Man was five was lightweight belt. Uh, Mur- Murphy's the minus three fifty favorite. Marco Dominguez is the plus two forty dog. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's not a lot to, to say here. Mur- Murphy has just been on a tear. He's seems like a phenom esque type of fighter, and yeah. And even his meat and potatoes type of game is going to be more than enough to fuck Maquan up. So, pick is Lerone Murphy. And picking a lot of favorites here, guys. But I am sprinkling on some info, little info about bets you may want to make. So, I don't want to hear it. Uh, then we're moving on to a light heavyweight bout between Shamil Gamzatov versus Michael Olegsajic. Now, I just want to pick Gamzatov right off the bat, but his fucking terrible ass fight with Abreu I think it's Klitson Abreu it's just like but also Oleg Sajic has just looked terrible it's hard to know where he's at as a fighter Especially when he's just getting so, you know, he had like such great victories, and then he kind of like he's getting choked out by fucking Ovin St. Prue. I know he won his last fight, they cut uh, Bukowskis after that. As a loser leaves town match, and he may this may be another one for him. Ugh, Gamzatov looks so bad. If I'm remembering correctly, sorry, I know a lot of dead air here, folks. Get you know, Gibbs Toss gonna want to get this to the ground, folks. If it if it's not that, it's gonna get real ugly real fast. And honestly, you know, here we go.
It's like anytime he's really fought what I think is UFC caliber competition, he struggles really. Eddie Gordon, he, he he's going to decisions and stuff. He's washing cans. But he's still winning. How long can you keep that up? Yeah. I'm picking uh, Gavzatov just because he's better on the ground, but that's pretty much it. I don't like it. I won't be surprised if fucking Oxajic just punches him in the liver. But Gavzatov's the pick. He's the minus 200 favorite. And Oxajic is the plus plus 150 underdog. I like how close that is. Could be closer to. Uh, next fight of the card, we have one of my boys, uh, ZDS, Lizus, Leslie Dos Santos, fighting a UFC newcomer. Um, a French guy, the god of war. He's 25. He does not look 25, folks. Tell like you that. He's fighting in Brave, so not exactly the worst competition in the world. Oof. Hmm. I mean, the pick's going to be ZDS. I don't have much else to say other than, like, he's a UFC caliber fighter. And, you know, this is this short notice, most likely. Um, Yes. He's supposed to fight... Uh, uh, ZDS was supposed to fight... Shafkat Rachmanov. But it looks like this guy is very dangerous. So, uh, looks like he could finish... Here. Finishes second round, first round... Doctor stoppage. Towards the end of the third round, rear naked choke. That was like towards. So he's a, he. This guy's very dangerous. So if you are putting money on the short notice guy, make sure it's inside the distance here, guys. That's the only real read I can offer there. Because oh wow. I'll give you really close odds for this one. Uh, ZDS is the minus 185 favorite. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis Saint Denis is the plus 155 underdog. Interesting. I wonder why that is. He is very dangerous. Don't get me wrong. It looks like he is. He's fought some experienced fighters. Before and finish them. So, yeah, guy seems uh, relatively legit. Moving as a Walter White belt. Similar height, too. Moving on. I wish I could give you something deeper there, folks. But, hey. I'm doing this for fun. Hey. Another couple of guys I don't even know. Roman Kapilov. 
who I'm pretty sure got to fight the UFC. Hey, also Carl Roberson. That's not a good sign. Versus Albert Dureva. I am not very hard on Carl Roberson here, folks. He is like the lowest or lower tiers of name fighters you can fight. Roman is the plus 200 underdog. I'm not even going to try and bullshit my way through that one. Albert Durev is the minus 275 uh, favorite. Um, see if Durev, he's got a fucking dope-ass typology picture, I'll tell you that. A won by Nick Craig on the Contender Series. Get that Contender Series mob, it looks like. So, that's why he's such a heavy favorite. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe bet on Roman. But, I didn't say that. There's not much. There's not. I don't have really large read on that. Maybe I'll post something on my uh, socials later on in the week. Give you a better read there. But moving on to a featherweight bout between Ricardo Hamos and Zubrive Tukugov. This is a double wild man bout. Um, Tukugov. Hamos. This is a hard one to pick. Um, is it though? I go back and forth in my mind over this one. Um, I've been thinking about this throughout the week, honestly. It all comes back to like single shot power. And I just think Tugagoff has that more. I don't really think. And Tukagoff is probably just a better wrestler, too. Hamos is probably more likely to just be put on his back and kept there. Um, and I just don't like the spinning shit that he does. He's been hurt in bouts recently, too. So, And Tukagoff seems like... Uh, Fucking absolute steel chin. I'm going with uh, Tukagoff and probably by knockout, honestly. So, yep. Tukagoff is the minus 188 favorite to Hamos' plus 140 underdog. Um, I'm just going to take a little break here, then we'll get back into it. Okay, guys. Okay. Okay. You're going to get smoked. You're going to get smoked. of this uh, UFC 267 uh, Glover versus Jan card. Moving on to the featured prelim of the card, which is near and dear to my heart. It has someone that uh, I think captures the imaginations of the adoration and the imaginations of the entire MMA landscape, and that is Amanda Hibas, one of the most joyous and lovable people, I think, in the space. She's an extremely genuine person, I think, is what makes her so, her, her personality so lovable. All of her duck noises and stuff, it's very, uh, lovable. 
she's taking on Verna Janjaroba. And this one's a scary one for her, I gotta say. I wouldn't have said that a couple of bouts ago, honestly. But um, there was a sequence or two in Verna's last fight, I believe. Ver yes, versus Kanako Murata, where it's clear that while uh, Verna is not a, uh, probably never going to be an extremely like daft or technical striker, she's going to be a willing and hard puncher. And that's going to be extremely dangerous for Hibas, who has now been KO'd twice in her uh, career. 10 and 2, with her only losses coming by stoppage via strikes, is a worrying thing for a 26 year old fighter. Um, with that being said, the pick is still going to be Hebas. There, I think she's a. I think she can do. She throws straight punches. She throws in combination. Uh, she gets on the hips. She does a lot of things right, and she's not going. And I do think Verna is also except susceptible to being put on her back and controlled, even if she is a high level grappler in her own right. Um, and I do think, uh, Hibas is the better athlete here too, even if Murata in the last fight was as well and ended up breaking her arm. I don't see that happening to her, her, she's a more, uh, wary grappler and yeah, I just think she's going to be able to beat. Jandaroba up from guard, basically, the entire fight, if she wants to. She just needs to get it there. And while it's on the feet, she just needs to stay safe and stay long. The pick is uh, Hibas, but tentatively. Hibas is, and the odds reflect that, women's uh, strawweight belt. Hibas is the minus 163 Favorite to Chanjiroba's plus 120 underdog. I wouldn't be surprised if you sprinkled uh, people are sprinkling Chanjiroba and some parlays here. Honestly. A uh, few left here, folks. I might run through these because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little antsy. A lot of fights here. Um but I do want to make sure I'm doing the service as well. Magomed and Kalaev taking on Vulcan Uzumir. I mean, what's there to say? Uzumir is quite dangerous on the feet. He is a more uh, crafty puncher than I think people give him credit for. He's able to find these weird openings where maybe and hurt people in those openings where maybe others don't or can't and I don't think any of that's going to matter. Inkalada's going to jab him the fuck up and take him down then probably fucking beat him the fuck up from ground and pound and that's he's really good. That's the only thing is Inkalada's really good and um, yeah I'm very impressed by him. He's a very impressive light heavyweight uh, prospect coming into his contender stage. And I'd love to see a Paul Craig rematch any day now. So, yeah. So the picks and Kalayev, the odds are reflective of as much. Uh, Magomed and Kalayev is a minus 309 favorite to Uzdemir's plus 250 underdog. Of course, if you're betting Uzdemir, it's by KO. Um... Next, we have Li Jing Liang taking on Kazmat Chimiev. Everyone, MMA's golden boy. I may, you may hear a little tinge of hate in my voice because everyone 
their mom was talking about how good Kazmier Chimiev is coming off of beating John Phillips. And no offense, I'm a big fan of Gerald Mearshart knocking out Gerald Mearshart. I really do think this is going to show something if he's able to beat the Leech here, especially the Leech's last performance, which I don't know. That was against Neil Magny. If that Leech comes out here, he's going to get messed up, dude. Uh, Yeah, he's going to get tossed around, trying to grab the clinch wherever he can. Uh. But yeah, Kazmierat likes to kick from distance and then explode when you're not expecting it from that distance to get on your hips and take you down. And he showed the ability to be, he's super fast. He's super, he's like a super athlete from what we've seen so far by comparison to his competition. And I think Lilich will bridge some of that gap. In this and the pick's going to be Kazmat. And I really don't know how this fight plays out. Cause we haven't seen adversity, any adversity coming back the other way. And this is clearly the best fighter he's fought in the USC. So and uh Gerald Beershart is a good fighter. So yeah. I think this will be actually very interesting if Kazmat can actually make it to the fight. But we'll see. Uh, Kazmat is a welterweight bout. Kazmat is the minus 350 favorite to Li Jing Liang's plus 265 uh, underdog. Who knows? Uh Li Jing Liang is very powerful in his own right in terms of striking. So, finished uh, our boy ZDS. Who saw that coming? Next, we have a man. I'm, it's hard not to in this one, but I think it will be surprising a couple. Just tailing off there if I was talking to myself um, being recorded. We have a heavyweight bout between Alexander Volkov and Marcin Tibera. Marcin Tibera has no knockout power, almost, for being a heavyweight. Volkov is kind of almost in the same boat, but he has a volume-based striking game. That works better since he's so long. Marcin Tibera kind of wants to grab the clinch and take people down and stuff. It's very weird how he's been able to get his victories as of late. And it's come by stoppage in some cases. Very strange in Marcin Tibera's case. Good for him. He's on a bad skid. He almost got finished by Walt Harris. He's been getting people to the ground. I think in that Walt Harris fight, that's, yep, that was the case in that Walt Harris fight. Greg Hardy, he's just been able to get some of these people to the ground. And that's just not going to be the case here. Volkov's going to beat him up from the outside. It's going to be a decision. I don't see a finish either way. Uh, Cut and dry here from the heavyweight, from the big boys. Uh, Volkov's the minus one, uh, minus 351 favorite to Tiberius, plus 250 underdog. I'm in agreement with that even for a heavyweight belt. Uh, Tiberius doesn't have like the surprisingness in his style that would warrant a closer line. Uh, next we have Islam Makachev taking on Dan Hooker. Um... I think this is more interesting than um, maybe I originally would give it credit for. Because Islam isn't 
nearly the athlete that Khabib is. He can't just explode across distance. And yes, when he gets his hands on you, people are like, oh my God. But it's also like he can't just get his hands on you. He has to do other things correctly in order to do that, like throw punches and combination, that type of thing. He's not blindingly fast. He's not a bad athlete. I think that uh, people like to mischaracterize him uh, mischaracterize him as a bad athlete or even a bad striker. Like, he's probably a better striker than Khabib. Honestly, like, technically. Like, because he has to be. Khabib was, is ungodly fast and ungodly durable and ungodly uh, powerful person where he didn't have to, like, learn a lot of proper stuff on the feet like Islam does. And it cost him this one loss. You know, maybe Khabib eats that shot. And we don't need to be comparing him to Khabib the entire time. It's so lazy. It's just Dan Hooker is a very long dude. But, like... This is a three-round fight. I think that's where it's interesting. I think if it were five rounds, it would actually favor well, favor Markchev. Not just because it's a little bit shorter camp for Hooker, but because, uh, like, I think, like, Markchev's style works better over that period of time. But who knows? Maybe he's just able to get on his hips easily. I don't know if that's the case. If Hooker is able to keep up a steady, do, you know, steady dose of volume to keep Makhachev off his hips, and you know, like it's hard to see if this is entirely on the feet affair how Makhachev would win, but. You have to imagine he does get Dana Hooker down at some point. That's why the pick has to be Islam Makhachev. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I I mean, I just see how he could potentially have trouble getting Dana Hooker to the ground. I just think he won't. I had to lay that out there for you folks. Dan Hooker is the plus 390 underdog to Islam Makhachev's minus 575 favorite. Don't know if it should be that wide. Next, we have an interim bantamweight title fight between Corey Sandhagen and Peter Jan. Now... I think this has, you know, basically, you know, two things happen. Well, not like two, well, like for Corey Sandhagen, he either finishes in either the first or the second round, or he loses. That's how I view the fight. Peter Jan, someone who needs to get reads. I know that Sandhagen does use a lot of diverse techniques, but he does get rote after a while. And after that roteness comes in, Jan's going to start killing him. He's a better athlete than Sandhagen. Um, he's probably more durable than Sandhagen. Um, yeah, I probably a better grappler. I don't. Sandhagen is in my mind, just a tier below what would be a title holder at men's bantamweight currently. So, the pick is Peter Jan. And, yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to be an absolutely insane fight no matter what happens. So, we'll be watching that one, certainly. Uh, Peter Yon is the minus 250 favorite to Corey Sandhagen's plus 200 underdog. 
Uh, moving on, the main event. Jan Blackfitz, the champion. My heavyweight championship belt of the evening. Taking on Glover Teixeira. Now, the pick's Glover here, folks. Was there any doubt? If Glover could just survive the, the survive a little bit of Polish power, he gets hurt in every single bout that he fights. But if he can just survive that little bit and impose his will like he has in every single bout he has coming up until this title, uh, this title, uh, this title push, then he'll win. He just needs to survive the Polish power a little bit. And the likelihood of that happening is low, but I'm picking it. Glover Teixeira, uh, to be your new and new uh, light heavyweight champion. Let's go. I only have love for the glove. Uh Glover Teixeira is your plus 194 underdog to Jan Blackfist's minus 250 uh, favorite. Well, folks, that does it for this uh, week's Get Smoked MMA podcast. I'm very excited for this week's card. It's going to be very good. Once you get through the, I mean, there are a couple old bouts. A couple of bouts you scratch your... It's like, dude, am I supposed to just go to the bathroom for this one? No offense to those people. Just don't know why they're on this card. But other than to just get one of their fights done. But on their contract. But it should be a really good card. Uh, I'm going to have a few people over. A few of my very long time friends here. It's going to be a great time, so... I hope you have a great time today, tomorrow, the next day while you're watching this. Uh, and tr- do your best to try not to get smoked. Brother. He gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. Get smoked with just one round.